So this will be, in the eyes of my detractors, what else is new? A controversial podcast. Don't care. Been there. Done that. Have been sued. Have been threatened. Have had to hire a security firm to protect me in the past. Of course, this all comes with the trade. As a local conservative radio host in San Francisco for nearly 20 years, this is nothing new to me. So what's the controversy? It's the coronavirus. But why is that such a controversy, you ask? Because I'm about to compare America's response to COVID-19 to other health issues, like suicide, or lung cancer, or HIV-AIDS. And I'm saying it's time to wake up, it's time to get smart, it's time to stop these over-the-top government-sponsored efforts to control us, not based on science, but based on fear. Welcome to Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. I'm Brian Sussman. First of all, let me begin by going right to the Bible. Yeah, the New Testament. God says he doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and self-control. For those of you not familiar with the Bible, no judgment. It's from a book called 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and self-control. And even if you really aren't a God person, he's given you a mind capable of self-control. I mean, to a certain degree, to a certain degree, you can be a self-controlled individual if you try. To a certain degree, with all of us, we can be self-controlled. And we can overcome fear through a lot of factors that have been given to us by the Almighty. And those factors include the facts, the facts. Now, a couple weeks ago on my blog and in podcast number 56 here on Hidden Headlines, I talked to you about Bill Gates, Bill Gates. Yeah, the Microsoft guy, the billionaire Bill Gates. He's been warning about a global pandemic for years. And his solution to the current crisis is developing a COVID-19 vaccine and then mandating its insertion into the entire human population. But wait, there's more. Let's go back to September 2019. So this is just, just a, you know, not that many months ago, fall of 2019. Three months before COVID-19 first appeared, to the best of our knowledge, in China. This was at a summit held in New York City. It was a summit known as ID2020, sponsored in part by Bill Gates. It was a new project that they were announcing involving, quote, the exploration of multiple biometric identification technologies for infants based on infant immunization, end quote. So the goal of this conference and the goal of this project is to eventually have every person on the planet identifiable through a unique digital implant that could be updated with personal data over the course of one's life. So again, I'm not making this up. You can even go to the ID2020 website, which reads, quote, in order for digital entities to be broadly trusted and recognized, We need sustained and transparent collaboration aligned around these shared principles 
along with supporting regulatory and policy frameworks. Folks, this is the kind of stuff one world governments would be made of. And by the way, if you're wondering what broadly trusted and recognized might look like, researchers at MIT have developed what is essentially a high-tech tattoo consisting of invisible dye that has the ability to store data under the skin via nanotechnology. So everyone would have a unique mark that would be delivered together with a vaccine, most likely administered by a vaccine agency that also falls under the umbrella of Bill and Melinda Gates and their foundation. It's called Gavi, G-A-V-I. So I'm reading now from MIT News. The researchers showed that their new dye, which consists of nanocrystals called quantum dots, emits near-infrared light that can be detected by specially equipped smartphones. The study, by the way, as I'll, I just want to reemphasize this, was funded by the Gates Foundation. Now, think for a moment what is occurring presently with this coronavirus and the social distancing and the shutdowns. When a vaccine is finally developed for this variation of the flu, right, it's, it's just a variation of the flu. I know it's deadly for some, especially when you include morbidity like age, smoking, COPD, uh, maybe somebody has cancer and their immune system is already compromised because of various therapies. Listen, when you add those things in, when you add diet, overall health into the equation, it can be a very deadly disease. But for most of the people who get the coronavirus, it's not deadly at all. It's just like a really bad flu. Now, again, when a vaccine is finally developed for this variation of the flu, getting the vaccination and showing proof that you have indeed received it might be your only way to get, for example, on an airplane in the future. And I'm not talking about the too distant future at all. Proving you have a vaccination might be your only way to get into a stadium event, a movie theater, or any public venue. And again, this would all be done with a high-tech nano tattoo, which would be readily accepted by the younger generation because this is the generation that's grown up on pushing, click, the accept button. So let's go back to Bill Gates. A couple weeks ago, he was interviewed on CBS This Morning. CBS's Anthony Mason asked Gates when we would be able to safely open up the country for business again. And, and Bill Gates asked the question, and I addressed this in episode 56, but he said, what does opening up look like? Which activities like schools have such benefits that can be done away with that the risk of transmission is very low? And which activities like mass gatherings may be in a certain sense more optional? And so until you're widely vaccinated, those activities may not come back at all. That's Bill Gates talking on CBS This Morning with Anthony Mason. So according to Gates, if you dig into the details further, anything that could be defined as a mass gathering would be considered an act of civil disobedience unless you had a vaccine. And then there's the exchange of cash. I mean, money, coins, bills. How dirty is that? Oh, but you'll have the nano tattoo. Click, put it under the infrared scan, they know how much money you have in your account. Now you can do business safely. 
And the side benefit to all this is it will stop counterfeiting and money laundering and other financial crimes. If you think that sounds overblown, let me go back to another interview, Bill Gates, at a TED Talk. He's talking with the curator of the nonprofit that conducts the popular TED Talks, Chris Anderson. And they're discussing what the future would look like in a post-COVID-19 world. This is March 24th. And Bill said, eventually, what we'll have to have is certificates of who's a recovered person. Because you don't want people moving around the world where you have some countries that won't have it under control. So folks, here's what's on my mind in this podcast. It's time to wake up. It's time to get smart. It's time to stop these over-the-top, government-sponsored efforts to control us, not based on science, but on fear. Now let's go to two doctors. They've made the news recently. These are guys who specialize as medical doctors in the immune system. Dan Erickson is one gentleman. The other is Artin Masahi. They work in Southern California. They're getting skewered on the internet right now by people that don't know um, their bottoms from a hole in the ground. Let's just put it that way. Uh, In their particular facility that they run in Kern County, California, they've tested over 5,200 patients for the coronavirus. According to their data, the death rate of the coronavirus is similar to a seasonal flu. And again, these guys are just dealing with facts, but the left can't handle the facts. And these guys are just, I mean, their careers are going to be threatened because of this, if they're not already. So Dr. Erickson said, literally, now that we have the facts, it's time to get back to work. But they also warn what is going on around the country in California is not about the facts. It's not about medicine. It's, about, it's not about science. They were talking about folks in the emergency rooms. Emergency rooms are very empty right now. Some of you may have experienced this yourself. Hospitals right now have canceled life-saving cancer surgeries. I have a buddy who needs a cancer surgery pronto. He had to petition the United States Surgeon General in order to get his necessary cancer treatment moved up a month. He had to petition the Surgeon General. If you go to an emergency room for a broken arm, it's a broken arm. You're going to be met by people in hazmat suits, and the first thing they will do is take your temperature. Your problem is not a temperature, it's a broken arm. So what Dr. Erickson is saying is doctors throughout the state of California are actually being pressured to boost the COVID-19 death numbers by adding it to the death certificate. So for example, if a patient has lung cancer, you, you are a terminally ill lung cancer patient and you get the COVID virus, guess what? On your death certificate, it's going to say your death was caused by COVID, not lung cancer. If you're a morbidly obese person, let's just say you weigh 450 pounds, you you, you can't breathe at night, you've got asthma, you've got this, you've got that, you've got the other, and now you get the coronavirus and you die. Cause of death, 
coronavirus, not the fact that you're 300 pounds overweight. Do you see what I'm saying here? This is what they're doing. So ER doctors who work in a hospital are being pressured, pressured by statisticians who have an agenda, in my opinion, and in the opinion of Dr. Erickson. Statewide, listen to these stats. Dr. Erickson said 12% of the people uh, tested positive for COVID-19. So all the people who are getting tested in California, 12% have COVID-19. Assuming this is the rate, now you got to stick with me here because this gets a little complicated, but I'm just giving you the facts. Assuming this is the rate of infection among the general population, 12%, Dr. Erickson estimates that as many as 5 million Californians have had the virus. 5 million is 12% of the state's population of, you know, roughly 40 million. He then used the number of reported deaths in California, which as of right now is about 1,200 to calculate that 1,200 deaths out of 5 million people who have likely had the virus works out to 0.03 in terms of a death rate. 0.03. That's a death rate similar for the flu. We've had millions of cases and a small amount of death, Erickson repeated in this news conference for which he's getting just taken apart. Now, here are the facts. If you and cuz you know we love the facts on hidden headlines. If you study the numbers in 2017 and 2018, we've had 50 to 60 million people with the flu. 2017, 2018, 50 to 60 million people with the flu. And we've had a similar death rate in the United States with the COVID-19 now, in 2017, 2018, there was no pandemic talk. There was no shelter in place. Businesses were not shut down. Now, something else Dr. Erickson did. They have a very, they were very clear how self-isolation can actually compromise the immune system in otherwise healthy people. Folks, please listen to this. Dr. Erickson explained that the immune system, because this is his specialty, is actually built by exposure to pathogens. Coming in contact with viruses and bacteria in the environment fires the body's system for fighting infection. It fires it up. That's why you see a baby. They're putting their hands on everything and then putting their hands in their mouth. That's, that's God's way. That's nature's way of building up an immune system. So, this is, this is something we're made to do. So we're putting, we're rubbing our hands with alcohol. We're putting on masks. And by the way, we'll get to masks. We're using them improperly. I mean, that, we're, we're endangering ourselves with these stupid masks, which aren't being used properly. Gloves, same thing. I'll get into that in just a moment. But I want to get to this post first from a resident of Lagos, Nigeria. It's, it's one of the largest maybe the largest and most impoverished city on the planet. Social distancing in this post from this resident of Lagos says would wreak havoc on his city. Again, largest urban economy on the African continent. There are street traders. There are open-air markets. It's a fundamental part of the fabric of Lagos. You have hawkers. You have roadside manicurists. You have hairstylists. You have waste pickers. 
you have food sellers, you have beer brewers, you have car dealers, you have servants, you have magicians, you have witchcraft, you have all of this, hairstylists, homeless people who sweep bridges and curves for a penny or two. They are the key players that keep the city functioning. That's the underground economy by which most survive. All of these people work in public. They're all dependent on the city's nonstop public activity for their livelihood. Now, the cost of living, this guy writes, is in Lagos is very high, which means home ownership is the exception rather than the rule. The people who rent live in extremely close, close quarters. Traffic, whether pedestrian or vehicular or bicycle or whatever, it's, it's, it's massive. People are crammed together. The average rental property is packed with people. Every corner, there's somebody sleeping or sitting or standing. Same way with front yards and verandas. I mean, this is just the way they live. If you were to demand social distancing, this economy would stop and people would start dying. Or they would go to wild extremes, which might involve killing others in order to survive. So here's what this guy writes. In my city, grimy currency, again, the dollar bills, the change, grimy currency goes from hand to hand throughout the course of everyday life. People sweat on one, one another while in transit. Communal toilets, kitchens, bathrooms are typical in low-income neighborhoods that can be shared by as many as 40 people in one building. In the poorest neighborhoods, he write, writes, sanitation is non-existent because neither pipe water nor sewage management systems are available. In Lagos, about 6 million people live on incomes earned on a daily basis. This represents millions of families who can only start buying or making meals when the primary breadwinner, whoever that might be, closes from work on any given day. For such people, the possibility of catching a previously unheard of illness is a far less dangerous one than the knowledge that not having anything to eat is always just a sunrise away. Social distancing in places like that is not going to work. It's going to be a disaster. It would literally kill people in Lagos. Now let's get to the masks and gloves that we're being urged to wear here in the United States. Our Surgeon General, Dr. Jerome Adams, and the left clearly doesn't like this guy, but they don't want to say so too loud because, after all, he's African-American, and they don't want to be seen as racist. So they're trying their very, very best not to be too critical of this man. But not only does he want people to stop buying face masks to prevent coronavirus, but he warns you actually might increase your risk of infection if face masks are not worn properly. Quote, folks who don't know how to wear them properly tend to touch their faces a lot and can actually increase the spread of the virus. That's what he said. And there's also no evidence, he said, that gloves do anything to protect people from picking up the illness. The risk is when people touch their faces, which they do with and without gloves. I've seen it myself, so have you. I see people wearing at the checkout stand the plastic gloves. <laughs> and with the plastic glove, they'll pick up their iPhone. With the plastic glove that's filthy, right, they'll rearrange the mask on their face. With the plastic glove, they'll uh, pick their ear because it itches. I've seen it. Folks, here's the deal. Wearing gloves 
if you're going to the grocery store, isn't going to be protective. And by the way, in medical school, as some of you listening know, you'll spend a whole lesson or two or three on how to don gloves and remove them properly. Nurses and doctors, medical technicians, they're trained on how to take off gloves properly. You pinch the glove at the wrist. You turn it inside out while pulling it off your hand. And then you remove the next one so your hand never touches the outer side of the glove. And what are people doing? They're reusing their gloves in some cases. Although healthcare workers need gloves to treat patients safely and protect themselves, there's no need to use them in the checkout stand. I'm telling you. Gloves are offering a false sense of security, which can lead people to be more careless. I mean, again, just to reemphasize, I was in a store. I saw plenty of people wearing gloves. They're touching their keys, their carts, their phones, their containers, their bags of food, and their faces. Listen, the only way we're going to beat COVID-19 is by developing something I've read about called herd immunity, H-E-R-D, herd immunity. Herd immunity basically means that once a certain percentage of the population develops immunity to a virus of any kind, the rest of the population will also be protected. That percentage varies. It's often around 60 to 70%, I read. This is why we don't need to vaccinate, for example, 100% of the people to eradicate or severely limit the spread of infectious diseases because of this herd immunity. So what the policymakers and the media are not telling us is that the longer we delay the development of herd immunity, the more, for example, elderly or high-risk people will become infected and die, even if we do maintain this social distancing and quarantine indefinitely. And by the way, this is, in, in the history of mankind, I believe this is the first time healthy people have been quarantined. Generally, you quarantine the sick people. So therefore, if we stop the quarantine for all low-risk people now, herd immunity would develop more quickly. Stop the quarantine. Stop these, just reopen America, and herd immunity would develop more quickly. And if we're also to keep the elderly and high-risk people isolated from everyone else during this time, including their own family members, we would save countless lives while also decreasing the stress on the medical system. Now let's get to the latest global statistics. These are compiled from groups like the World Health Organization, Center for Disease Control, and others. This is year-to-date. This is the best we have. The best we have. Year-to-date, 2020. I'm broadcasting, putting this podcast together on April 28th. Deaths from the coronavirus, about 206,000 worldwide. 206,000. Deaths from the seasonal flu about 156,000. So again, 206,000 from the COVID, 156,000 from flu. Let me give you some other statistics. 1.6 million deaths caused by smoking this year. 1.6 million deaths. Now, I understand not everyone who smokes dies of lung cancer, 
In fact, the majority of people who smoke do not, do not, do not die of that disease. But if we're concerned about coronavirus, for which no doubt there will be an eventual vaccine, what about deaths due to smoking? Instead of the campaigns to try persuade people not to smoke, how about just banning the sale of cigarettes? If we're going to play this game of forcing people to wear face masks, and again, a large percentage of those wearing face masks are doing so completely improperly, and potentially infecting themselves and others with this false sense of security, then, then why not ban cigarettes? I'm just asking the question, 1.6 deaths, 1.6 million deaths caused by smoking. And now we look at alcohol. 800,000 deaths this year by alcohol. The problem with banning alcohol, just like the problem of banning cigarettes, is there would be an underground economy that, just like drugs, which we have now, would be run by vicious and deadly characters. So does that mean we should legalize drugs too? Listen, this starts getting way above my pay grade. But the amount of people killed by illegal drugs is apparently incalculable on a global scale, but in the United States, it's about, are you ready for this? 75,000 people a year. So 75,000 people a year die of illegal drugs versus about 100,000 people per year dying from alcohol in this country. That's in the United States. So more people die from alcohol than drugs per year in the United States. Let me throw out some other statistics. HIV-AIDS. This year, about 540,000 people have died globally from HIV-AIDS. How is this disease generally transmitted? It's transmitted via immorality. If sexual intercourse were 100% limited to marriage between a man and a woman, as God intended according to the Bible, there would be no sexually transmitted disease. But that's unrealistic. I understand. But what if we went after HIV AIDS like we went after the coronavirus? Seriously, what if we went after AIDS like we went after COVID-19? Well, of course, whoever went there would be declared a homophobe or an insensitive, self-righteous religious bigot. Four hundred and thirty-one thousand road traffic accident fatalities this year, worldwide. What do we do about that? This is a statistic that's so sad. Suicide. Three hundred forty thousand suicides this year. I don't know what the answer is to suicide other than this: those of you who have a true faith in God need to step up and share your faith and pray. Deaths by malaria this year, 313,000. Again, the statistics I'm sharing with you make the coronavirus pale by comparison. 313 deaths caused by malaria this year. Malaria, generally speaking, transferred by mosquitoes. You can blame this one environmentalist who refuse a very effective method to curtail the spread of this disease but I don't need to go into that because I wrote an entire book that talked about it called Climate Gate. Don't need to go there right now. Okay, are you ready for this? This speaks directly to Bill and Melinda Gates. 
And it's my closing statistic. Abortions this year. Are you ready? This is year to date, 2020, globally. 19 million people have died this year. 19 million people around the world have died this year. 13.5 million of them have died via abortion. And to some degree, you just have to wonder how that statistic makes an anti-population zealot like Bill Gates feel. Brian Sussman. Hidden headlines. Faith, family, freedom. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. More on me at briansussman.com. Also, my podcast can be heard on a number of different platforms, SoundCloud, Apple iPlay, Google Play, etc. And there's my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Show. Thanks for joining me, my friends. And as callers to my radio show would always say, I will now hang up on myself. <laughs>